Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for intel, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. Our sponsor today of this segment is BullRealty.com. Check them out for asset and occupancy solutions. You might recognize the name. We have a great show for you today. We're going to talk about the future of restaurants. Look, if you're an investor in a restaurant, you operate one or work at one, or if you're in the commercial real estate business, you realize restaurants have become a, become a very big part of the commercial real estate scene. What retail shopping center owner or strip uh, center doesn't want a restaurant, right? It's all about the experience. Well, we have some experts here in Studio One with us today. Please welcome Robin and Eric Gagnon, and they're with We Sell Restaurants. Uh, thanks for being with us again. We are excited to be here. Thank you. Well, you guys gave us some great information uh, last time you were here. We appreciate you coming back. And one of the things I think a lot of people in our audience around the country is thinking about is there's been a lot of restaurants opening, right? It seems like, like I said in the opening, everybody wants a restaurant. We've got to have this experience and everything. Are there too many restaurants opening? Oh gosh, that is a great question and I think there is a lot of evidence as to support that potentially there is some oversaturation in the marketplace, more restaurants and to your point, people love the restaurant industry. It's not, it has only been since 1995 that Bobby Flay and Food Network went on the air and they made restaurants so sexy for everybody in America that everyone wants one. Is it too many? Eric, what do you think? Uh, I think we're getting close, that's for sure. But also, we got to look at the fact that, uh, you know, a lot more meals are eaten out than more than ever. I mean, they, those of you that right now listen to the show or even Michael, I mean, you know, if you have kids right now, you probably eat breakfast at the house, but lunch and dinner, kids have to be everywhere. Nobody has time to cook anymore. So yeah. by that rise of meals eaten out, restaurants are like trying to feed that demand. But I think we're going to see a shift because everybody's too much in that quick, fast casual segments and everything. We're going to have to see a little bit of rebalancing. Right now, it is a yeah. very competitive market. Yeah, well, I, I, it makes sense because that's what my wife makes all the time for dinner is reservations. <laughs> 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 um, and I went in a restaurant the other day and I uh, hadn't uh, been there in a while. And the lady at the front desk said, the hostess said, uh, Michael, do you have reservations? And I said, yeah, I did have reservations, but I came here anyway. I think, it, I think I'll test you guys again, right? So how are sales doing then? If It seems like there's a lot of restaurants. It seems like some of them are busy and maybe some not. How are sales around the country? Last year is the first year, 2017, in recent memory that actually the market was absolutely flat for restaurant sales. There were bright spots. Uh, pizza was up uh, five, six points, but some parts of the um, metrics were down overall, which led to a totally flat environment. This year has been a struggle to 2018. We saw some early um, gains in January, February, March, April, May numbers are tough, flat to slightly down. So there is that uh, sense that maybe we've just got uh, too many restaurants out there, a limited amount of market share and some dampening in the industry overall in sales. Meanwhile, consumer confidence is up, yeah. consumer spending is up, yeah. and it could just be a slight shift because sometimes weather will impact the industry, the timing of Easter, timing of different holidays. It's been a very, very wet first quarter. So all of those things could come into play and you and I could be sitting here in six more weeks or six more months saying, man, the restaurant industry is on fire. That's what's great about it. Always comes back. Yeah. Well, it is concerning when you talk about flat sales and the increase in sales being flat when you think about how well the economy is done in the, in the stock market during that time. So yeah, that is a little scary. 
Well, I think, I think one of the factors is also there's a lot more people in the restaurant pockets. You know, uh, look at ready meals. I mean, grocery stores are getting there. Convenience stores are trying to get in that, in that business as well. So I think that dollar is still there, but what happened? It goes different places. We just talked about your family going to dinner. Robin talked about sales here. Family dining is the hit is hard to, it's been hit the hardest, <laughs> sorry, in the industry, which is very interesting. You would think, hey, if families are going out. No, they're going out to different places than your traditional family dining experience. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, you know, there seems to be disruptors in every industry, right? So are the disruptors in, in restaurants, is that what it is? Is it these, uh, you know, you, like you said, you go to the gas station and it's all food now. <laughs> you know? yeah, it sure is. <laughs> Not good food. But I, don't <laughs> think, I don't think. Maybe it's getting better. I don't know. I don't eat there. Uh, but what are the disruptors? Uh, the key disruptor affecting the restaurant industry in, in the last 12 to 24 months has got to be the uh, advent of all the delivery services. Every single restaurant is now must be doing um, Uber Eats and DoorDash and um, Easy Catering. All these different people are coming in picking up. So that may in fact, instead of five or six people going out for lunch, one guy sitting at his desk and ordering in because he Wouldn't can look at Wouldn't that help restaurants though? It, it should help in yeah. total and what it will eventually help with is occupancy costs because what we are seeing is overall some of the big brands we're talking to are talking about a shift of 30% of their total overall volume is going into delivery. Wow. So it's going out the door which means they need less space, less dining area, so they're sitting there in overspaced sizes. Maybe they're in 3,000, 3,200 square feet they could do it in 1,500, 1,600 square feet and dramatically cut their occupancy costs, but they haven't figured out how to get there yet. So we're at the beginning of this bubble that's being created and restaurants are having to do what they always do. How do I innovate around it? How do I get a bigger market share? How do I drive those dollars, those delivery dollars to my location yeah. versus someone else's? Yeah. yeah, one thing you see with delivery too, it puts some pressure on the margins because these third-party services charge a hefty fee to the consumer as well as the restaurant. So it does generate sales. It helps you keep the lights on, keep your yeah. staff and pay expenses. Yeah. But from a profitability standpoint, we have a lot of large systems out there right now looking at bringing that in-house. They're working with their franchisees and their corporate staff to figure out a way to get in-house delivery to cut that quote-unquote middleman here because yeah. the margins are not great on that delivery, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And, and you mentioned the size of restaurants uh, being adjusted. What do you see for trends there? Are our restaurants getting smaller? They are getting smaller. Everybody's looking at where they can be more efficient. So I think overall, all, well, first of all, people are full service has shrunk as a part of the total marketplace. When you then take that down into fast casual, fast casual is having more go out the door through delivery. Everything's just getting more and more efficient, smaller, uh, smaller footprint. But you've got long-term leases that people are signed into. This is not going to be an overnight adjustment. And you've got brands that now are doing a refit or a refresh around what that new brand image looks like. Because going from 3,000 to 1,800 square feet, you've still got to get all the elements out there. They've got to take into account new technology, new menu boards, new ways to talk to their customers while they're in line. And for a lot of them, consider McDonald's, it's kiosk ordering now, you know, the automated ordering. So all those things are coming into play, but it's a lot of capital and it's a lot of investment and then shrinking over time that large occupancy cost, the lease rate. Yeah, and let's talk about that because I think that's important, obviously, if you're a restaurant operator or management and then, and then for the re commercial real estate world, it's, uh, you know, with more restaurants opening, 
and them having disruptions like this, you think about affordability. And you know what are some of the rent to revenue ratios that you're seeing as trends there? Uh, are restaurants able to pay these rent, pay these rents that they're having to pay? I mean, you know, most most operators out there are looking to you know, five to seven percent is what the norm has been. You know, I mean, I think in the recent year people have pushed it ten percent. You know, and that's including camp, by the way. I mean, a lot of landlords are all like out there like. Oh, that's plus camps. No, no, no. That's the whole rent in. <laughs> Come tax on, we got to include the cam in there. <laughs> <laughs> so we've seen that, and right now with the increases every year, like Robin said, sales are flat. Mm-hmm. Most landlords out there, and it's not a secret, three, four, five percent increases a year is mm-hmm. pretty, pretty common in, in most leases across this country. Mm-hmm. But if my sales are flat, I just give away five percent of my of my profit because mm-hmm. you know it's, it's a direct impact to your to your bottom line. So yeah. we're seeing rent right now pushing 12, 14 percent. It's very difficult. Because there's other exterior factor, Michael, that are impacting, which is, you know, labor is through the roof. I mean, I don't know about, you know, commercial realtors out there, but I mean, you know, finding good labor right now is costing you twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen dollars an hour without having to make a lot. Well, I could make that much an hour. (laughs) You sure can. You sure can. Okay, good. I mean I was actually in uh, Minnesota recently and the White Castle had big signs in their window says starting salary, fifteen dollars an hour at White Castle. Wow. Wow, and you can, you can say you're in a castle today. <laughs> <laughs> you are the king if you're making that money. So what are the margin for these restaurant operators today? I mean, typically, we see 8 to 15, maybe 20%, yeah. but these margins are shrinking. I mean, Robin, I mean, talk about you know, other well, factors. Well, I, I just did a recast on a, a business today, and I was looking at it and telling the broker, goodness gracious, this business is making so much money, and my eye went right to that rent line, and they were running at 7.7% rent. It's just a number you don't see anymore. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, that denominator, uh, the sales as the denominator, yeah. is always being driven by the rent. So you really... You know, 10% all in is about what a restaurant can do mm-hmm. is in terms of occupancy costs in order to deliver to their bottom line, absent royalties where they have to pay a third party anything, 12, 15, or 16% to the yeah. bottom line. Yeah. Now let's talk about employment. I think that's a problem for a lot of people. We've got really low unemployment now. What is it, 3.8%? It's almost like full employment out there. And a lot of companies are, are having trouble with it, uh, rising uh, um, rates, uh, rising costs for, for is, so is that a big issue for finding the right people and getting the right people? I know when I go to a restaurant, it's really about the people. I can almost put up with a little bit worse food if the people are great. You know? You're absolutely right. You know, customer service is paramount in that industry above all. I mean, that's just, it's just close to our heart. We're breaking bread. You expect a a smile and consideration and courtesy from that person who's waiting on you or if it's a full service industry or even just at the counter in fast casual and fast food. And labor is absolutely the tight labor market. Finding frontline employees, finding managers is it's crazy expensive and it's very limited um, individuals out there in this industry right now. It's the number one complaint we get from everybody, buyers and sellers alike. When they're getting ready to buy, they're worried about staffing. When they're selling, they're concerned, they're just like ready to get out because staffing is such a problem. Yeah. We see, Michael, right now, people that have multiple units and sometimes they can't find good management for certain units, they're just gonna go and sell them. Says we can't, they're too far from us, so we can't find the right management. And it doesn't matter what they pay, because these guys have deep pockets. And they're just like, we're just gonna have to let let that 
that part of our portfolio go because of staffing. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, it's tough. Um, well, we're going to take a short break. When we get back, I want to ask you guys about where are the opportunities in this industry and what are some tips for restaurant operators about finding space? And then also, if you're a landlord, what are some tips there so our restaurant tenants can be successful? Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Would you like access to invest in institutional quality commercial real estate with experienced sponsors with small amounts of money? Of course you would. Visit realcrowd.com. Choose between core, core plus, value add, or opportunistic. Visit realcrowd.com. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Are you a commercial real estate broker? Check out Apto, the leading web-based CRE software for managing contacts, properties, listings, and deals. Act on the information in your CRM to strengthen your relationships and grow your business. Visit Apto.com slash CRE show. Would you like to be the top producing commercial broker in your office? Check out Michael Bull's video training. Since you're a show listener, you receive 10% off your first purchase. At checkout, use discount code CREshow. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. If you're a commercial real estate agent, you do want to check that out. Today we're talking about restaurants and specifically the future of restaurants. I have Robin and Eric Gagnon with me and they are principals with We Sell Restaurants. And before the break, we were talking about the disruptors and things going on with restaurants, but uh, there's also a lot of opportunities, right? Where are some opportunities in the restaurant world today? Well, I think one of the biggest opportunities today, Michael, we talked about uh, different segments of the business, fast casual, um, getting very, very crowded. The opportunity for a buyer today, especially, is in a franchise resale market because we have so many people, especially millennials, they are pushing forward and very interested in owning a business. And on the other hand, they come out of a legacy uh, families who have owned businesses for a period of time are ready to sell them. So we've got pressure from um, baby boomers, 10,000 a day are retiring every day, every day from now until 2035. They all have businesses that they want to sell and turn over. And then we've got this very interesting dynamic with franchise resales. And franchises, if you think about it, franchises were born on the back of the interstate highway system in America so that someone could have a consistent experience from uh, exit to exit to exit and that really built up these brands so that the same quality would be present in every single restaurant. So that happened in the 50s and those people grew up, expanded, realized how great it was to be a Taco Bell or a Dunkin Donuts or a McDonald's franchisee and they grew more units. Then they in turn passed those to their children who also grew up very wealthy and enjoyed the, the benefits of these great businesses. Now they have, are ready to pass the torch. And who are their children? Millennials. Millennials. Mm -hmm. And millennials are maybe not so interested on, on the one hand 
in being in the restaurant business. So that's creating all this turnover. So I would say one of the greatest opportunities for people today is to buy a franchise resale. The other thing about a franchise resale that folks really like is the fact that there is security in the brand name, an understanding of the market. It's already established. So there's a track not, record. There's yeah. a track record and there's also earnings. So it kind of is the best of both worlds if you're a little bit risk averse. It kind of fits a really good lane for you as a buyer. Yeah. And what about some opportunities for operators? What are some, some tips? What do we need to think about if we're running a restaurant today? That's a good question. I, mean, I think one of the things that the game is changing a little bit, you know, uh, on the operators. I mean, uh, in the past, you had to be a great operator, how to run the restaurant and how to make sure people are covered to shifts. You know, got great service, waiters, uh, great kitchen staff, you know, everything. And nowadays, that's important. But the key to the, the game now is sales. Sales. Survival. You got to be a people, salesman. <laughs> yes, you got to be exactly, and you got to go to the street. It's not just like putting an ad on social media or put a billboard on the interstate. It's really about you inviting. I mean, look at social media. It's about it's about connecting with people. They want to know your story. I'm not going to the restaurant anymore because it's uh, the name. I'm going there because hey, I know Michael, and he's got two kids just like me, and they play soccer together, and I want to support Michael. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's a McDonald's or a Burger King or whatnot. So I think the opportunity is in sales, but the skill set of most restaurateurs is in operations and landlords have been seeking operators and they're missing totally on that sales aspect that will guarantee I would tell you right now I would guarantee restaurateur survival if they focus on sales right now yeah yeah well that's key one of the things that I wanted to ask you guys about having experts here is kind of the second string locations I go to a few restaurants that are pretty high quality and the owners are there and there's great service but if you looked at the real estate location, you go, no way. I mean, mm -hmm. it's in the back around the corner. You know, it's not the great, but they do well. Is, is that an opportunity for some restaurants? I mean, I, everybody likes to be main and main, but yes, it, that it, can be high rent. It, it's high rent, it's high risk, and not everyone can frankly go out the door affording those kinds of locations. So I think you touched on a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. And today, more than ever, if you can establish yourself with this online presence, you can go out on social media, you can get people, um, you know, people really taste food with their eyes first, and all these social medias are, are just really visually present. If they can be present out there in a way that can make people um, taste it and feel it and seek it, they will come to a B location all day long, every day. You don't have to be in that number one spot. And the other thing is that the delivery is also shrinking where you have to be because you can afford to be somewhere less prevalent if you know 30% of your business is going out the door through some of those disruptors we talked about earlier through some of the catering business. What about second generation space? Is that an opportunity if there's this areas where maybe there's too many restaurants being built and somebody does fail? Uh, is, is that something that restaurant operators like to see? I mean, you talk about one of my favorite things to do is uh, actually put people in second generation. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, another market pressure is, you know, uh, impact fees, you know, all the different fees. Construction costs, as you know, I'm sure across this industry, I've gone up 30, 40 percent for the food service industry. Wow. Time to build are now, you know, if you're lucky to get your restaurant open within a year now between permitting and, and contractors, you know, delays and everything. When you open a second generation, you avoid impact fees. It's already been paid. You know, uh, you're talking maybe about a you know 75% discount almost because you could probably remark do this, this space very creatively and use a lot of the, what's existing, be in business in probably three months versus a year. So there are very big opportunities, and if you can get like a, a B location here, the trifecta, a B location, second generation, 
and you get a lower rent, and you hire somebody to go out and sell for you and generate a million dollars in sales, you're a big winner. That's yeah. a home run. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of, lot of tips there. <laughs> what about uh, tips for a landlord? You mentioned earlier that a lot of restaurants opening up uh, and some of the cost uh, on rents and CAM are, are, are making it tough on these restaurant operators. What would you say to a um, landlord who maybe has some restaurant tenants and the restaurant operator comes to him and says, hey, I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble with these margins and I've got my increased employment costs and I've got increased all, all kinds of costs. Um, what would you tell the landlord to look at or to do to, to see if he, because I think some landlords think, well, gee, it's probably you. You're probably not a good operator. It's probably not my location. Right. right. <laughs> Tell them to call us. We'll have you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and, and I think that, that that's the first instance where he's not a good operator. Because, yeah. uh, but they were, they were good when you initially put them in your center. You believe in them. Right. I think you really got to look at it from a different perspective nowadays. I mean, you really got to look at, you know, of course, they have to be well-funded. You know, that, that's always been the case. But you really got to look at it from a different angle also. Are they able to sell? Are they going to be able to... Uh, realistically achieve what their numbers. I mean, a lot of people do their, their, their pro formas and they're really nice, but I mean, what's the reality? Educate yourself as a landlord to about the industry more. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't have to be an expert like, like Robin and I are, mm -hmm. but I mean, they need to know or, or seek help about that. But you're gonna have to really look at rent from a different way than it is typically. Because right now, most people are, are like, hey, at 3% a year in flat sales, we all know the results of that in five years. Right. So yeah. I think, Robin, you have anything that you wanna to add to that? Well, I think that, um, when a tenant comes to you and they're having that frank discussion, like figure out a way to partner because yeah. this could be a very short-term situation. I mean, we talked about sales could turn around for the restaurant industry in 60 days or six months because there is renewed consumer confidence and there is great spending out there and people are making money in the stock market. So don't automatically assume, oh my gosh, and start running through who's my new tenant that I can get in there. Sit down with the operator find out where his struggles are and see if there's a way that you can help him in a short-term way get through what could be a tough situation. That's better than throwing out the baby with the bathwater <laughs> and starting over again with a new tenant. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, sometimes I'll hear that uh, uh, rest retailers will say, well, restaurants aren't making it here. This one came in and failed. This one came in and failed. Maybe the, maybe the setup's not right with the rent and the cam. Maybe. Uh, for the demographics and the location, right? I mean, it, maybe the rent needs to be adjusted to get something in there so you have that traffic for the center, right? Exactly. Because Most restaurants reach maturity. Like, it, it takes 18 to 24 months to really know, you know, your, what your, your market looks like. And most landlords will, you know, first 90 days, of course, it's fees since you're a new place and everybody wants to try you, yeah. look at you. Then it drops severely. And it's really incremental for the next, you know, 16 to 19 months before you really get your your stride and you know your rent hits usually by month number three you're at full full rent in most cases are these yelp reviews and these review sites are they the death knell if they're terrible and should the landlord even should the landlord even look at those to think about a, a, a restaurant tenant well you know the internet is filled with wonderful things <laughs> and on the other hand you know, the internet is filled with not so wonderful things. So I think everything has to be taken with a grain of salt. And I mean, there are restaurateurs who've gone out and sued Yelp over certain reviews. I mean, there are all kinds of things in the industry bubbling up about different reviews online. But I would not um, base a business decision on anything I've read online. Mm -hmm. Go in the store, go in the business, see it, feel it, taste it, observe it 
and then make a decision about the business. But don't draw your, your experience from one review online. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I had a restaurant operator come to lease a building for me from one of my landlords uh, one time. And when I looked at the offer and the, and the broker that was representing him and things, I, I just didn't, it didn't feel comfortable. And I looked at the things they sent on him. But, when I, but then I met him and I sat down with him and I went to one of his restaurants and I sat down and met him and I felt comfortable. Well, ended up he was a great operator there for many years, ended up buying the property, and he's been a great client of ours ever since. But if I had went to meet him, right. I wouldn't even lease to him. Exactly. So you need to really sit down and, and see who you're dealing with. Well, we've lost that. We, it's all online now. We've not, we really, why aren't you guys here? Shouldn't we just be doing this online? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I tell you, people forget that the restaurant industry, it, it is the most basic of human it, it, the most basic of human things is to sit down and break bread with someone else. Yeah. It's as old as the world itself. And so that humanality of that experience, being able to touch someone, seeing what they're like in person, seeing how they actually interact with their staff, how they interact and, and cook. You know, people cook with their souls. So, you know, experience that as a landlord before you just look at a piece of paper and say, on paper, he's not what I want. Yeah. We, yeah, I, just, I just want to see people chew with their mouth closed, all right? That's <laughs> <laughs> but, you, know, you, you talk about, you know, uh, connecting communities. I think landlords also have to, to be, they want to be part of the community, so they need to help these, these operators, whether they're franchise or independent, you know, and budget that in your, in your, in your costs when you do that. The rents are high, but, you know, can you, how can you help? Can you give them a break? Can you, can you, you know, give them le lesser rent for a little bit to, them to build up the community? Be part of the fabric. Do not be part of, a, you know, the turnover. Right. And I think, you know, landlords should look at it from a, a more of a holistic perspective nowadays, too, than just like, hey, I got to have this because that's what the bank wants. Yeah, well, good point. So what would you leave our audience with related to restaurants? And let's say that they're either a restaurant operator or they, they're, they're landlords or they represent landlords with restaurants. What would you think about restaurants of the future and moving forward? You know, the restaurants industry, despite all the different challenges thrown at it this year, last year, 10 years ago, it always prevails because it's something that's close to our hearts. We're, the share of the American food dollar is always growing. The restaurant industry, above all, is a vibrant, exciting industry that continues to attract people on both sides as operators and as, as landlords who want to fill centers. So um, I think that you should just continue to believe in this industry and watch it grow over the next five to ten years. I like it. I think if you're an operator, a couple of things. Um, you know, things are very complex nowadays. More and more, I mean, you know, Michael, you work with leases, and now how to page lease is not that big. You know, when yeah. we started this business, 25 page lease, like, oh, that's a big lease. <laughs> and now it's 100 pages. Hire a good broker to know your industry mm -hmm. and are compassionate about that. And I think the biggest advice we see, because when we see them a lot on the resale side, you know, is, um, you know, yeah, there's 100 pages out there. The key is how do you get in and how do you get out? Yeah. Plan for the bad up front because if you don't make it, is there a way? Can I just write a check to the landlord for twenty thousand dollars and get out? Right. Will the landlord accept that up front? Maybe. Mm -hmm. But when you're not paying rent and they kick you out, you lose everything that you put in there, millions of dollars sometimes. Yeah. That's hard. So I have a good broker that can work with you and focus on how you get in and how you get out of the lease. Good tips. Eric Robin, thanks for joining us. Great information as usual. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank and you. thank you for joining us on the future of restaurants and be sure and join us next week. We'll have another great show. Until then, be sure you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show.
Invest alongside real estate experts, sponsors who have a successful track record and skin in the game. It's as easy as one, two, three. Learn about the deals, make your investment, and grow your financial wealth. Visit arborcrowd.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Promote your business to the U.S. commercial real estate industry. Click advertise at the show website, CREshow.com. 